Welcome to the Bonhoeffer Podcast, a podcast about the life, theology, and practice of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I am your host, Corey Tuttle. And we have a special episode today. Since I've started the podcast, I've always had the goal of making this a bit more than just interviewing authors about their books. I've always wanted the podcast to be kind of the go-to place to start Bonhoeffer studies. Um, so with that goal, I've, I've always had a dream of having lectures available from Bonhoeffer scholars, whether it be lectures or conference papers being presented or uh, in general presentations from Bonhoeffer scholars. I've, I've always hoped to um, get access to audio for those sorts of things to throw them up on the, the podcast feed so that it, it might be exposed to people who wouldn't come across it normally. Um, so with that being said, we have our first one today, and I'm really excited about it. it it's excellent. Uh, Dr. Charles Marsh has agreed to allow me to put up his latest lecture on Sanctorum Communio on the feed. Charles Marsh is a, a professor of religious studies at the University of Virginia, and he's the director of the Project on Lived Theology. Uh, he's also the author of numerous uh, Bonhoeffer books and other books as well on theology in general. Dr. Marsh has recently given a, a lecture on Dietrich Bonhoeffer's first dissertation in Sanctorum Communio, and his lecture is entitled A Theological Miracle, The Awkward Brilliance of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Sanctorum Communio. I've been a big fan of Dr. Marsh's for a long time, um, so it's an honor for him to, to be willing to let me do this to share this lecture with you all. So I want to say, um, before we jump into it, I want to say thank you to Dr. Charles Marsh, the Project on Live Theology. And uh, also, if you are interested in learning more about the Project on Live Theology or finding more of Dr. Marsh's resources, you can go visit the website for the Project on Live Theology, and that is at livedtheology.org. With all that being said, I would love to do this more. So if you are presenting, maybe at AAR or any other uh, Bonhoeffer meetup, um, or you're a professor and you're presenting on, uh, you're lecturing on Bonhoeffer, if you record it, either video or maybe just on your phone, I actually can walk you through getting that information to me. Um, so I, I just want to make this the best place to um, have free access to, to Bonhoeffer material. Um, so I, again, thank you to... Dr. Marsh, and I hope that you all enjoy this. Um, uh, so anyway, anyway um, let's um, um, let's turn to our uh, message of the day, and I would like to, um, as it were, uh, dive um, head first, or maybe even um, um, do an old sailor dive. <laughs> Um, into uh, this uh, extraordinary book, which Karl Barth, the theologian we um, visited last week and whose remarkable essay, Evangelical Theology, Protestant Theology in the 19th Century, we have used as a, a way of kind of establishing a narrative framework for our class. When Barth read this um, doctoral dissertation, he, um, he pronounced it... Um, a theological miracle, uh, eine, eine theologische 
Überraschung was the word he used, which can convey both um, um, a great kind of um, delight and and uh, and joy in the uh, discovery of this um, theologian who who was you know by every measure a prodigy, um, intellectual prodigy, theological. Um, uh, mind um, that um, uh, would have enabled him had he remained within German academe to rise to the top of the ranks. Um, eine theologische Überraschung can also mean a bit of a surprise, um, a surprise that some, some dissertation like this one emerged from the Berlin school of uh, uh, the theology department, the Evangelische, the, Pro uh, the Protestant theology department um, uh, in Berlin, which was at that time um, the most prestigious, certainly um, in, the, um, in the German speaking world and arguably in um, the Anglo-European world. Um, for, for, and, and, and I will, um, I will uh, sort of eliminate that um, uh, that kind of um, you know context, intellectual educational context, and the meaning of Bart's um, remark that um, he was surprised to see and delighted um, a book of this nature emerge from the Berlin School as we um, as we began our um, work together um, on this um, um, lovely. September afternoon um, on a dissertation that and a book that that honestly few have read. And I would submit to you that you um, not only are among the uh, elect of those who have read Sanctorum Communio, uh, you know, in the larger ed educational world, but there are a whole lot of Bonhoeffer scholars I've met over the years at conferences who have not read this book um, as well. And it, it's, um, it's the first of his two doctoral dissertations, as I mentioned to you last week, um, in the German academic world in order to be considered for um, a, a professoriate, a, a, a position within the universities. One had to complete a, a a doctoral dissertation, which is what we see here, and additionally, a second dissertation, a second doctoral dissertation called, in fact, um, Habilitation Schrift, the Habilitation Work. And um, we're not reading Bonhoeffer's um, second dissertation called Act in Being. Um, it's a remarkable uh, um, and quite dense and concise. It, weighs in at around 120 pages, attempt to retell the story of modern subjectivity and to kind of, if, if you will, theologically deconstruct the tradition of Kantian subjectivity and intersubjectivity from the perspective of the phrase or from the interpretive lens Christ existing as community. Christus aus Gemeinde existieren is the term that Bonhoeffer uses in that second dissertation. We have hints of that here, um, but I think this offers us a more 
uh, this book, Sanctorum Communio, a kind of more um, robust uh, um, account of his theological sensibilities, his theological gifts, his kind of um, fearlessness, even as a young scholar. I mean, he's 21 years old. He's writing this doctoral dissertation in a university uh, faculty that um, has not had any um, sympathy at all towards the, the, the emerging kind of Bartian you know, movement that's, that's, that's clustered around the writings of Karl Barth, both when he's a pastor in Switzerland and when he moves to Germany to take a teaching position. Um, and, um, and, 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 and Guy can tell you that when you're writing a doctoral dissertation, um, you, you know, at the end of the day, you're writing for an audience of about four or five, right? <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's the, 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 the men and women, in this case, men who comprise your, your dissertation committee. So, um, you know, imagine um, writing, uh, uh, imagine feeling um, so, so supremely confident in, in your intellectual powers, as well as in your, you know, erudition and in your kind of gallantry, if you will. I know that's kind of a um, an obsolete word, gallant, um, but I, I think Bonhoeffer um, certainly stuck himself into the world with the, with a kind of, um, um, you know, gallantry or, or, or a kind of um, uh, unapologetic kind of, you know, nobility um, that, that also, you know, conveyed um, charm and, um, you know, savvy and, 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 and enabled him to do what I think would, would be otherwise impossible. Um, and that is to write a dissertation that is, if read carefully, um, uh, a kind of um, immersive critique of the faculty that is convened around the table to adjudicate the merits of this work. But here we go. So let's um, uh, let's get started. I have in this. Um, one hour, no, no longer, um, and don't don't sigh with with um, with with um, you know with with a sense of um, of uh, despair when I mention this to you. But I I have um, I have tried to break this book down into uh, like twenty paragraphs, <laughs> and um, and so um, there's no need to. You know, write down each one as a as a, as a, as, a, as a paragraph numerically, uh, but there um, there there are um, there are set, large sections in the book which um, I don't find useful and that are you know representative of the kind of uh, scholarly throat clearing that uh, any young scholar indulges in. Um, that had currency um, if you were, um, you know, a, a theological, a part of the theological conversation in the late 1920s in Germany. 
but don't uh, necessarily now. Um, so I just want to really get to the heart of the matter and, um, and, and tease out uh, some points. So let's begin. The, the, the first thing I would say about this book is that the overall argument that Bonhoeffer makes is that it is the task of Christian theology to explicate or to provide, you know, a, a, um, um, uh, a kind of um, systematic account of the new sociality of the church. Um, it is the task of Christian theology to explicate, if you, if you will, the, the church's distinctive social uh, practices and uh, commitments. Um, we will use that as kind of uh, a guide through um, through the, 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 the through the through the text today, but if we look at page one twenty two, um, we see the uh, both the, the the clarity with which this um, this uh, this this argument is initially framed, and um, and and also uh, I think a really uh, helpful kind of uh, explication. That is. Um, the overall argument before we before we look at the text is that the church, as the body of Christ, as the um, as the the social um, as the as the social space, the real um, observable social space in the world where God has revealed God's will in Christ that this place, the church, is, is also the um, genuine source of authentic social relation, the basic relation which he describes after uh, Martin Buber, a Jewish uh, philosopher whose book I and Thou, Bonhoeffer cites here only, only once, um, it's not it's not clear to me um, um, whether be, beyond um, citing uh, um, Buber's uh, I and L, he engaged any um, um, it, uh, he, he engaged substantively in that um, there was a kind of a, a, a little kind of a, 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 a theological scene that was happening in. Uh, Roman Catholic and Protestant circles around this time that that was working, you know, synergistically with the Jewish dialogical theologian uh, philosophers, um, and it's it's um, it's it's more likely that Bonhoeffer picked up this vocabulary of I and Thou and and the the, the basic relation and, and that discourse from um, from that Christian scene. Um, but of course, the Christian scene um, was, in, in, in some ways, um, um, reliant upon the discoveries of of, of Martin Buber and and, um, and Franz Rosenzweig and, and others um, who who comprise this exciting movement within Jewish philosophy. In any case, the church, as this um, 
reveal space within the world um, is also the place where the genuine, the genuine basic relation of the, uh, of the Christian community is formed and as well as the place where personhood in its distinctive Christian um, expression is formed. Um, that the, the, the church as this revealed um, space um, of the divine will in Jesus Christ and in this new sociality establishes in this fashion what Bonhoeffer says on page 126. If you look in the middle of that page, 126, the new ontic basic relations uh, and these new ontic, uh, I, I know this vocabulary is, is ponderous to you. Don't, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. And when we, you know, this is really the most, um, um, this is really the most kind of uh, technical work we um, are reading in the course of the semester. Uh, the, the, ontic, the, the ont new ontic basic relations of the church are the foundation of a social entity that viewed from the outside can only be called a religious community. Um, Mar, uh, he, he's borrowing here, Bonhoeffer is borrowing here from the language of um, existential phenomenology in his use of the word ontic, um, which, which simply means the, the kind of uh, observable, empirical, experiential, basic relations are the foundation of a new social entity that viewed from the outside can only be called a religious community. And so um, let's look, if you will, at this passage that begins on page 122. And I, I would just like to read um, through four or five pages. Um, and this, is, this, this, is, this represents to me um, the, the kind of core um, theological um, uh, argument of the entire dissertation, but um, it, an argument that, 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 that frames the, the kind of contours, if you will, of Bonhoeffer's theological imagination um, as it develops and, and is, is, is sort of forms uh, uh, over the course of his all too short life. The whole, back to 122, the whole theological reflection thus far not only leads to the discussion of the Sanctorum Communio, um, the communion of, of saints, but is possible and meaningful only from the perspective of the Sanctorum Communio. Only from this vantage point are we justified to integrate philosophical considerations into the theological framework. It is not the case that the concept of Sassamsorum communio would make everything that has been said about the Peccatorum communio, the communion of sinners, irrelevant. Rather, it is precisely at this point that the meaning of the uh, community of sinners first becomes relevant. True, the person who has been justified, who belongs to the church community, has died to sin. Whoever is in Christ does not commit sin. The old has passed away. See, everything has become new. 
He's citing Paul and he's citing Luther and he's citing um, some um, uh, Lutheran uh, theologians from the tradition of Lutheran orthodoxy. For as all die in Adam, so all have been made alive in Christ. But the life of those who have been justified, that is, the new life, is hidden in God. I do what I do not want to do and what I want to, I do not do. You remember that um, kind of unforgettable first, you know, uh, first verses in, in uh, Romans uh, chapter seven. It's sort of the, the kind of canonical text of the, of what's Christus Stendhal, the, the, the Swedish theologian would call the introspective conscience of the West of, of, of really the, the kind of tormented uh, subject standing before God um, in, in um, uh, hope of forgiveness and salvation. Um, a kind of canonical text of the Lutheran trope of, of the wit, uh, of, of the necessity of being at, at wit's end, too, and that kind of salvation narrative. There never existed any work of a pious human being, which, if examined by God's stern judgment, would not deserve condemnation, etc. The reality of sin and the communion of sinners remain even in God's church community. Adam has really been replaced by Christ, only eschatologically in hope. So long as sin remains, the whole of sinful humanity also remains in every human being. And the concept of the church, therefore, all lines of thought pursued thus far converge. And this concept they are carried to their logical conclusions and are transcended. Now, um, in this kind of opening section on the doctrine of sin, um, we um, must note uh, that the um, that the description of the church as the place where human relation and the identity of persons is formed and in response to the gift of justification um, in turn uh, enacts and engages the other and the social order in new patterns of human relation, new patterns that are shaped by you know, forgiveness and reconciliation, the, 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 you know, these distinctive practices of the Christian, Christian community and showing um, mercy and justice um, and the like. Um, I, I would say that, 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 that the doctrine of sin uh, that does not um, have um, an especially prominent place in this book as a whole, okay? Um, uh, but, but nonetheless, this is, this is where we are here. If we can move to the next page. Sin remains even when the ethical basic relations have changed, which means also that the old ontic relationships are not completely abolished. Therefore, every empirical formation is subject to the ambiguity of all human action. That must sound familiar to you having opened up the semester with Moral Man and Immoral Society. Uh, Bonhoeffer's not read Niebuhr or met Niebuhr yet, but this, this is certainly out of the, that, the same kind of realism uh, uh, about the human condition that we find in, in Niebuhr. However, what is unprecedentedly novel is that the new, this is, a, this is again novel in this doctrine of the church that we are um, explicating here 
is that the new basic relations have their own unique form, that their sole function, as it were, is to produce such a form. And this we perceive a special will of God that we may not brush aside by condemning everything that has taken form as a merely human product. Formally speaking, the necessary bond between the basic relations and the empirical form of community, understood as a unique structure, constitutes the essence of the church. And, and in, in a profound way, or maybe in a subtle way, what Bonhoeffer is presenting here is um, what he hopes, um, it, um, what he hopes portrays a, a um, rich and compelling counter narrative, counter, um, uh, um, uh, counter cultural, if you will, explication of, uh, of what uh, Christian sociality, of the doctrine of revelation, uh, of the Christian doctrine of revelation as it takes, it, as, it, as it takes expression in uh, the lived experience of um, Christians in the church. And he wants to, um, to, to kind of uh, construct that uh, conception of the church as this kind of alternative social space to, you know, more broadly, you know, prevailing um, uh, social um, um, communities and, and social entities that are, that are defined by other loyalties or that are even shaped by, um, you know, tribal ties and nationalistic loyalties and, um, you know, um, kind of uh, prescribed um, um, or, or circumscribed um, by race and by um, class. And to show that um, all of these kinds of social relations that we observe within the kind of the, the rain, the, the, the effects of sin in the world have their fundamental renewal and reconstitution within this um, revealed space of the church. There are basically two ways to misunderstand the church. One, looks like I spilled coffee on that word. Is it historical? Historicizing. Oh, historicizing, thank you. And the other religious, the former confuses the church with the religious community, the latter with the realm of God. I guess that's the, the German is Reich Gottes, Gottes. And in all the other translations, earlier translations, that would be translated the kingdom of God. And there was some discussion um, uh, um, 20 years ago when this, um, uh, when this book was being translated. This is part of the 16-volume um, complete um, Bonhoeffer works. Uh, that um, is astonishing when you think of the um, fact that Bonhoeffer was 39 years old when he was murdered by the Gestapo. Um, and it was, uh, it, was, it was concluded that um, the kingdom of God 
um, sort of has masculine and kind of you know imperial uh, resonances that would be better um, um, replaced that that by um, another word. And I'm not sure realm is that word, but this, this is what we have. It sounds kind of um, kind of extraterrestrial. I don't know, but anyway, if you're if you're if you're um, if you're familiar with the kingdom of God, um, that's that's what is is um, is is, uh, is is at stake here. The former overlooks the fact that the new basic relations established by God actually are real, and points instead to the religious motives that in fact lead to empirical community, the missionary impulse, the need to communicate, etc. This view, however, plainly is condemned by the saying in John's gospel that you did not choose me, but I chose you. The second misunderstanding of the, the way that the church has been described by theologians and recent theologians uh, does not take seriously the fact that human beings are bound by history. This means the historicity either is objectified and deified as in Catholicism or simply as regarded as accidental are subject to the law of death and sin. Doing so, however, does not accept but circumvents God's will that all God's revelation, both in Christ and the church, be concealed under the form of historical life. To put it differently, the much-discussed seriousness is carried so far that it loses its real character and becomes formalistic. I mean, really what's at stake here is Bonhoeffer's um, deep and abiding commitment to the concreteness of Christian faith and practice, and his um, his kind of suspicion of um, metaphysical uh, systems and of uh, formalistic or purely kind of doctrinal uh, systems of uh, of of, of of Christian faith and practice. And let me um, make one note that we can come back to later. One of the uh, other observations that Karl Barth made when he read Sanctorum Communio is that he detected more than a whiff of Catholicism in this book. So what seems here to be kind of, um, you know, uh, a, a, an indirect sort of criticism of Catholicism, um, it's not clear to me what, what he's really um, saying in this point, um, should not obscure the fact that um, this, this, this dissertation would not have been written had Bonhoeffer not um, a, a, a year or so before he began research on this, uh, taken a trip to Rome with his brother Klaus for Holy Week. It turned into a six-week stay in Rome it, it, in my biography, Strange Glory, uh, the chapter called Rome is, I don't know, simply irresistible, something like that, is, is actually one of my favorite chapters because it, 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 it argues, I mean, it, it shows, it's not an argument, it shows how um, transformed Bonhoeffer was by his encounter with Italian Catholicism. And I have said, to the dismay of, 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 of sort of Protestant Bonhoeffer scholars over the years, 
that had he survived the war, um, I would not have been surprised at all um, um, by his conversion to Catholicism. The ethics that he developed in his late ethics uh, resemble nothing so much as um, the encyclicals on uh, natural life and, and the bodily life that we, we find in, um, in the Roman church and even um, particularly in, in the um, writings of, of Pope John Paul II. Um, in any case, um, if I could maybe just say uh, another, uh, one more word about that biographical context. Um, Bonhoeffer um, had really never um, enjoyed going to church. I mean, he had been baptized uh, as a Lutheran and confirmed as the Lutheran and, and his parish in, um, in Berlin, Grunewald, which is this sort of um, neighborhood uh, um, in the sort of southwest part of Berlin that was home to the sort of Bildung, uh, the, the children of the sort of uh, upper middle class, educated upper middle class, men and women of the educated upper middle class. Um, but he had found um, the sermons and you know the, the whole ordeal of um, Sunday um, morning um, altogether desultory and and kind of um, um, morose. Um, his family was not interested particularly in church. His father, his parents, he wasn't raised like Karl Barth was the son of a minister, and one finds an alarming number of important Protestant theologians in the modern era who are uh, sons and daughters uh, of later um, of, of, of pastors. And uh, there's a whole psychoanalytic kind of you know, bi biography of modern theology that's, that's waiting to be written uh, and, and, and under those thematics. Bonhoeffer's father was a professor of psychiatry, uh, one of the leading professors of psychiatry in um, in the German-speaking world, and he, you know, his his research appears in histories of psychiatry that you can find. Um, uh, he was not um, a, 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 a proponent of um, Freudian psychoanalytic uh, theory and, and psychoanalytic treatment that was emerging at the time, but he was not um, an, uh, an opponent either, and um, a, a neighbor of the Bonhoeffers. Um, and Grunewald was the uh, great um, sort of uh, uh, psychoanalytic um, uh, writer named Carl Abraham, who um, who died at a, um, an early age, but but was according to Freud, you know, sort of Freud's um, uh, man uh, and student in Berlin, and he was going to introduce the, the Freudian you know uh, uh, discoveries to. Um, the Berlin uh, uh, psychological and kind of intellectual scene. Um, and, and I say that because there are some historians over the years who have said that Karl Bonhoeffer, Bonhoeffer's father, was um, a, a great critic of psychoanalysis. And th th that's simply not true. I read um, during COVID, I'm sorry if I'm getting off on, on, a, on, a, on a sidetrack, but sometimes these are interesting. Um, um, uh, uh, the letters from uh, between uh, Freud and Carl Abraham, and Carl, uh, Carl Bonhoeffer appears in those letters as a sympathetic character. 
um, as I said, they were neighbors and they kind of liked each other as, 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 as persons. Um, the Grunewald, before the Nazi seizure, was a neighborhood where kind of Jewish elites and kind of Christian kind of, you know, elites sort of lived and commingled um, and, uh, among um, this um, uh, re remarkable, you know, kind of generation of um, highly educated entrepreneurs and no noble nobility and you know and thus and titans of industry and uh, writers and actors and painters and architects and physicists Max Planck lived down the street I mean it's just kind of crazy when you walk around um, the neighborhood with a, a guy you know it's just sort of really sometimes you feel like it's who's who on or rather, it's a it's a it's a it's a walk down the Nobel Prize list, you know, between 19, you know, um, 18 and, and 1932. But uh, Carl uh, Bonhoeffer, actually, according to Carl Abraham, was the only psychiatrist in Berlin who um, made a, an argument, made a case for his uh, professorship at the University of Berlin and a position at the, the charity hospital. Um, in Berlin. And I really don't know where I was going with that, except to say that um, there were much more interesting things to do on Sundays in the Grunewald than go to church, and Bonhoeffer availed himself of those opportunities. There were music, um, um, there were music um, um, salons, uh, Bonhoeffer himself loved theater and music, and the uh, Bonhoeffer family which was a large family, would sometimes perform, write and perform plays. Uh, there were outings in the beautiful forest nearby in the summer and in the winter, there were cross-country skis, skiing outings. And um, uh, yeah, so there, there's, 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 it's important to note that it wasn't until Bonhoeffer encountered um, Italian Catholicism and the um, and, and 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 his capacious cosmopolitan, open, uh, atypically German in, in that period, um, mind. Uh, this was his first encounter with a church that had about it a, 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 um, a kind of palpable exuberance, and he loved the festivals. He was mass crawling his way through Holy Week. And if you read um, his letters, um, he um, is in conversation with a Jesuit, young Jesuit seminarian. Um, he um, comes very close, I don't know, very. Um, we'll edit that word out, but he comes close. He later says, okay, he later says that while in Rome, I was tempted to convert to Catholicism, but his his journal his in the in the in the great tradition of like you know the the grand tour that the German elites and you know elites of, of Europe used to make through Italy, and the the crafting of um, of a journal like Goethe's great Italian Italian notebooks. Bonhoeffer kept um, a notebook, and we have. Uh, if you're interested, I'll be happy to send you an English translation of that. It's just Bonhoeffer's journals from his six weeks in, in, in Rome. 
and he is absolutely dazzled. And he, he compares what he found in uh, Italian Catholicism to the melancholy kind of lifelessness of the Northern German, you know, Lutheran church. And it's, it's so when Bart detected a hint of Catholicism and Sanctorum Communio, I don't think he knew of, of Bonhoeffer's trip to, to Rome. There'd be no way for him to have known, but it, it was, it was, a, it was a, a, discerning, uh, a discerning observation. Um, back to this um, particular section. Um, and let's look at the top of page, on the page 126 and the top of page 127. Uh, the second misunderstanding, da da da, simply, let's keep going on the top of page 126. Doing so, however, does not accept but circumvents God's will that all God's revelation, both in Christ and the church, we've, we've gotten to that. Let's keep going down. The second is found in theology. Both are dangerous. Neither of them, however, understands the reality of the church, okay, which is simultaneously, okay, this is, this is what, this is just gives voice to, to kind of the, if you will, the kind of the synthetic um, move that, that um, the creative move that Bonhoeffer is making here, um, um, which is simultaneously a historical community and one established by God. But the concept of the church in our view justifies and synthesizes the line of thought that we have pursued thus far. We've read this. Um, if we can move over to the top of page, um, Bonhoeff yeah, the top of page 127, um, one premise, this is, uh, I'll, I'll pick this up at the bottom of page 26 and then onto the top of page 27. One premise, however, will not have to be justified further, namely that we take the claim of the church seriously, not as being historically comprehensible, but as being grounded in the reality of God and God's revelation. We do not want to employ external criteria for judging the church, rather, the church can be understood fully only from within on the basis of its own claim. Only on this basis can we develop appropriately critical criteria for judging it. I know that's, um, that's kind of a provocative claim and, and it, it raises some important questions, um, uh, but uh, let's, let's just bracket that for a minute. We, we will come back to it and just at least finish this next paragraph. With this, however, right from the very beginning, we seem to fall into logical inconsistencies. We said we were taking seriously the claim of the church to be God's church, but naturally that does not mean, first of all, that we could assert this claim without examination. At issue is only the question, by which criteria do we examine the meaning of the assertion? In principle, it is indeed possible to take the course of finding external criteria, which means deducing the church of the proposition from the outside. This course basically does not lead beyond the category of possibility. So what's at stake here is Bonhoeffer's claim that to understand the nature of the church uh, as a distinctive social space, one must first of all attend to the church's own um, inner logic and its own um, intrinsic uh, social practices and habits that um, that that it's it's not church is not disengaged from 
the larger political and social world. It's not to um, provide, you know, har safe harbor from the, or, or to provide refuge from the larger world. But the church's distinctive nature um, as a new social space cannot be primarily based on, you know, so sociological and social scientific um, analyses or descriptions, nor can it be based on philosophical accounts primarily of human being and human social relation or anthropological accounts and the like. Um, that, in his mind, that was the mistake that Karl Barth, of course, pointed out last week when he, you know, reached the conclusion that, you know, speaking of God, um, um, that the, the 19th century evangelical um, theology uh, concluded um, in its you know, centuries-old project of uh, in speaking of God by speaking of humanity in a loud voice. This is really the same claim that 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 uh, the same kind of method that Bart is. Um, I mean, Bart wouldn't have called his work a method, but nonetheless, the same kind of claim that um, that 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 Bart is making that uh, revelation of God and Jesus Christ has this distinctive form. The reality of the church, you can keep going down to the middle of the page, is a reality of revelation, a reality that essentially must be either believed or denied. This reality, as you know, cannot be, uh, neither can it be re, um, um, uh, uh, kind of absorbed into religion as a concept, right? Um, th this, this, this claim that that um, that Bart makes uh, that that um, Bonhoeffer makes um, in, over on page one thirty three, we can just skip over to one thirty three. Um, uh, develops this idea as well that the general concept of religion has no intrinsic social implications. I mean, that seems like a debatable point um, on on one level. But what Bart, what Bart and Bonhoeffer are both saying is that uh, religion as some kind of universal anthropological uh, a priori or a kind of um, common, a kind of um, a common experience or mode or modulation of experience that is um, that is um, that is universal in the human condition as a category is not of use to this the, the work of of a Christian um, explication of revelation. Um, and in fact, some of you may know that in um, one of this, um, volumes of the Church Dogmatics. Uh, Karl Barth begins to talk in, uh, to, to sort of explain in um, very careful detail the difference that he means in, by using the terms revelation and religion um, um, under a chapter title uh, that, that um, goes by colon revelation as the and this is the German term, Aufhebung, A-U-F-H-E-B-U-N-G, of religion. Um, and 
so that kind of um, you know um, that that kind of um, critique of of religion as a universal anthropological um, category is very much at uh, the heart of Bonhoeffer's moves here. To say revelation is the Aufhebung of religion, it's kind of difficult to translate, um, but it's a term that comes out of Hegel's, uh, the philosopher Hegel's dialectic um, and the, the phenomenology of spirit to mean um, it's translated different ways. Some, sometimes it's translated cancellation, which, you know, obviously it's a pretty bad thing these days, right? Uh, Karl Barth's canceling religion, um, but it, it really is in, in a way, but sometimes it's translated revelations, the cancellation of religion. Sometimes it's tra translated as um, revelation as the, um, as the, overcoming of religion. Um, it, it has about it more of a kind of synthetic kind of um, meaning though that, that revelation is, I mean, it, it's, it wouldn't be precise to say the fulfillment of religion, but it's, it's both a kind of an overcoming and an, a, a deconstructing and a reconstructing and the reconstitution of religion. Um, so the idea of the holy in its general sense as religious category is actualized not in social interaction, but in the solitude of the, of the soul with God. So we can't, we can't reduce the, the, the concept of the church to, you know, um, some, um, uh, to, 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 to religion, you know, as such. Um, we can't understand the distinctive nature of the church as revelation through the category of religion. We can't, nor can we understand the church as the social um, manifestation of revelation through the category of the holy. He's likely thinking of Rudolf Otto's book called The Idea of the Holy, which is an amazing book, which uh, I'm, we'll read next semester in a course I'm teaching called Faith and Doubt in the Modern World. Um, um, and, and, and again, this is very much in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, um, in the mode of Barth's um, uh, critique of evangelical theology that we saw um, last week. It is nevertheless a fact that religion is for the most part social in character, primarily due to psychological causes that are more or less accidental, the need to communicate as in Schleiermacher, the receptive active human nature as in Zeberg. Zeberg was a professor in Berlin who um, actually was Bonhoeffer's dissertation director. These causes demonstrate the possibility but not the necessity of religious community this directs us back from the general concept of religion to the concrete form of religion, which for us means the concept of the church. If there's one kind of description that I would offer you uh, um, about, the, about the kind of the shape of Bonhoeffer's theological project, if you will, 
it, you know, I, I could do worse than, 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 than calling him a theologian, the theologian of concreteness, the theologian of the concrete. Um, because you know, the, you'll see in, in the way he began, begins this book um, that, uh, that it's not enough to create a, um, um, an encyclopedic ca you know, cataloging of Christian ideas and Christian doctrines in, um, in, a, in, a, in a pleasing you know, and kind of satisfying systematic treatise, okay, whatever. Um, that um, he wants to know how these ideas about God, he wants to know how the doctrine of God and all of its you know, um, exquisite variety comes to expression in lived social experience, right? Uh, just another passage here. These causes demonstrate the possibility, but not necessity of religious movement, blah, blah, blah. But here it is not possible to demonstrate that the communal form of a church of the church is a general necessity. Rather, such a demonstration is possible only where the Christian revelation is believed. That is taken seriously. Only the concept of revelation can lead to the Christian concept of the church. Everything that we've been reading together for, you know, for the past half hour uh, rushes to this claim that only the concept of revelation can lead to the Christian concept of the church. Once a claim of the church has been accepted, however, it is as superfluous as it is impossible to prove its necessity on general grounds. Well, you can try to prove its necessity, and you can talk about the church as, you know, as an institution that does good things in the world. Um, and I think there's some pretty damn good arguments to make um, about the church as an empirical um, institution um, that um, are often uh, overlooked or belittled by, by its, um, its, its, its critics or its despisers. There's plenty to criticize, obviously. I mean, that's just a truism that is, you know, um, uh, utterly banal, um, you know, as, a, as an observation. Um, but, you know, one can, I think, mount uh, interesting arguments uh, um, for the necessity of, of the church around um, its practices of mercy and, um, and justice. Um, and on the basis of what Bonhoeffer will later, Bonhoeffer will later, you know, he will, he will later uh, um, rethink this claim here. And he will later say, well, you know what, after all, um, I, I think that, you know, Catholicism is, is, is right uh, about um, the way, the best way to articulate what it means to be a Christian in the public square, if you will. Um, and it's, it's, it, it is perhaps more compelling and more um, generous to, um, to, 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 to speak of, he uses the word exemplifications. In, in late in his life in letters, exemplifications of Christian faith and practice, um, that it's impossible to know um, and to understand the doctrine of Jesus without exemplars. 
without exemplifications. And he's, you know, really trading on the whole idea of not just a community community of saints, communion, the, the sanctorum communio um, as, um, um, as, you know, a, a description of um, the, the, the revealed uh, church, but of um, the testimonial of, of, of a biography of, of, of richly layered stories and uh, exemplifications of, of mercy and justice. Anyway, um, the situation here is not different from the case of the Christological efforts that seek to demonstrate the necessity of redemption after its reality has already been grasped. Only when faith accepts the meaning of redemption does it become clear what makes this reality necessary. In doctrinal theology, necessity has been deduced only from reality. This follows from the concept of revelation. And then the last um, sentence that I'll read in this section, which is in the middle paragraph, um, at the, the, the last sentence of that middle paragraph, in order to establish clarity about the inner logic of theological construction, it would be good for once if a presentation of doctrinal theology were to start not with the doctrine of God, but with the doctrine of the church. This is not to say that the doctrine of God should be reduced to the doctrine of the church. I mean, that was, a, that was the mistake of many of the theologians of the 19th century. It is not to say that, that, um, that, speculative thought about God is improper or, in, or impious. You know, it's not to say that philosophical um, theology or philosophical thought um, is inherently corrupt. It's not to say that at all. This is not, um, you know, this is not a kind of Gnostic, you know, conception of, of, um, of the church and the world that, that, that is, insinuated in this book, but it's, it's simply to say that um, the, that it would be, uh, that it, that the, the attempt to explicate uh, a distinctively Christian doctrinal theology might, for a time, <laughs> um, best be done with attention to the concrete. Okay, to the concrete practices of the church. And one of, bon, uh, one of Bonhoeffer's mentors at Berlin uh, was part of a kind of a, a kind of a new Lutheran movement. They may have called themselves, I can't, like the new Lutherans or like the young Lutherans. Like, sounds like a Bowie song. Um, uh, maybe that's not right. But in any case, there was this like thing happening with sort of these, this new Lutheran um, kind of a, a, a scene and one of Bonhoeffer's advisors um, made the argument, and this is, I think, one of the places Bonhoeffer is getting this, that the Lutheran do doctrine of, the just of justification by faith must be understood and um, received and um, thought through and felt and experienced within the, the church community. And so there's that sense of grounding a doctrine. I mean, you hear many, some ministers, you know, who, who, who like, particularly like 
there's kind of a new breed of existential Lutherans out there. Um, and there are lots of different denominations, but it's, it's, it's just sort of this almost antinomian conception of grace. And it's, it's conception of grace that, that um, you know, has some beautiful qualities to it and, and it can um, certainly inspire the heart to praise, but it's also um, uh, largely transcendent of um, real human social relations. And sometimes it even feels like an abstraction that is a, lacks kind of a, um, any kind of um, um, uh, vivid um, uh, presentation or, or uh, explication in, in uh, lived uh, social experience. So, so, so Christian sociality, to get back to this, this, this thing that we're talking about, the, 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 the distinctive nature of Christian sociality cannot be based on the holy, cannot be based on some kind of um, uh, universal, um, commonly shared uh, anthropological category called religion, um, uh, nor can it be reduced to simply ethical um, uh, ethical action, um, and nor can it be based on the religious a priori or on the concept of religion. The general concept of religion, as um, we saw, um, has no intrinsic social kind of relation. It has um, no distinctive uh, set of practice, attended practices uh, and convictions uh, that um, might um, enable um, or in any way in, in, enrich a, a, a Christian articulation of the um, of the concept of God. Right? Just give me one second. I, I, I am going to respect the time today. We're going to we're going to end in just a few minutes. Um, but I just want to um, just highlight a few um, a few ideas. Um, that I find seminal in this work, and that we will we need to 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 sort of put in our repertoire of terms and ideas as we move deeper into Bonhoeffer's life. Um, the church is God's new will and purpose for humanity. It's just a simple kind of dogmatic assertion, but it's um, an important one. The church as God's new will and um, and um, and purpose for humanity. If we, if we, if we can just turn brief, briefly to page 141 and 142, um, I, I think this is a, 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 um, a, a kind of an eloquent, uh, as, as far as, in as much as one can be eloquent in a doctoral dissertation, um, clarification of that. This is the bottom of page 141 under the, lumbering title, positive presentation, introduction to the basic problems and their exposition. The church is God's new will and purpose for humanity. God's will is always directed toward the concrete historical human being. But this means that it begins to be implemented in history. God's will must become visible and comprehensible at some point in history. But at the same time, it must be already 
be completed. Therefore, it must be revealed. Revelation of God's will is necessary because the primal community where God speaks and the word becomes deed and history through human beings is broken. Therefore, God must personally speak and act and at the same time accomplish a new creation of human beings since God's word is always deed. Thus, the church is already completed in Christ just as in Christ its beginning is established. Christ is the cornerstone and the foundation of the building and yet the church composed of all of its parts is also Christ's body. And then the, the, the final um, uh, sentence here, the bottom of the page, if we, the members of the Christian church community, are to believe that in Christ we are reconciled with God, then the mediator of this reconciliation must represent not only the reconciling divine love, but also at the same time, the humanity that is to be reconciled, the humanity of the new Adam. In order for the church, which, is already, uh, which already is completed in Christ, to build itself up in time, the will of God must be actualized ever anew, now no longer in a fundamental way for all people, but in the personal appropriation of the individual. And then the last sentence in that paragraph, revelation enters into time not apparently, but actually, and precisely by so doing, burst the form of time. If, however, for this reason, one regarded revelation only as beginning, as potentiality, and not at the same time also as completion, reality, that is to say, as, as Bart does, that, um, that salvation has been accomplished in the decisive um, and um, um, uh, as, as, and the, um, um, and the uh, historically unique event of God's self-revelation in Jesus Christ, this would take away what is decisive about the revelation of God, namely that God's word became history. But um, do, you, do you see the way that Bonhoeffer, um, who, hadn't, who, who had only read um, lightly in Bart uh, by the time he was writing Sunday and Community, but, but knew what was going on and had a cousin who had read a bunch of Bart and was excited about Bart. Um, it was either a grandmother or an aunt, or maybe it was his mother, Bonhoeffer's mother, I'll have to look, who just kind of read everything and had um, read the word of God and word of man. In any case, do you see the way that he's sort of, Bonhoeffer is kind of, um, taking the two streams of the, the kind of the Protestant liberal traditions emphasis on experience and historicity and concreteness with the Bartian kind of emphasis on the righteousness of God and the sovereignty of God and the difference, uh, the kind of well, the, in, the infinite qualitative distinction between God and humankind that he uh, um, emphasizes so dr dramatically in those early um, years and kind of weaving those together in this sort of really interesting deft way. Um, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, who is also kind of uh, a difficult, I love theologians who are difficult to categorize, since it's kind of all these theologians that we're studying. And people still kind of scratch their heads over King. I mean, what is he? Is he a 
is he a Protestant liberal? Is he a liberal Protestant? Is he, you know, um, um, an, an evangelical liberal? Is he orthodox? Is he a heretic? I mean, there are all kinds of ways of going about uh, trying to understand him. And, and when when um, when asked once uh, uh, to define his um, theological um, orientation, he um, he described himself as a victim of eclecticism. And I, I, I would submit, may we all be victims of eclecticism. And I, I think uh, eclecticism with, within both the King and the Bonhoeffer um, theological projects um, are, are not sort of best likened to kind of postmodernist kind of drawing um, randomly and arbitrarily and playfully and whimsically on um, these various discourses that um, that kind of hook up in different ways and exotic fashion and the like, but it's an eclecticism that's grounded within these fundamental uh, uh, theological traditions. Um, but if you if we look back to page 142, again, I, I want us to not for overlook something. Um, that for thinking that one of the things that Bonhoeffer is doing here is he's is in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a sort of a dr most dramatic, perhaps in this most dramatic sense. Um, let me just let me try try to find a phrasing that I wrote down um, yesterday. And by the way, I we're going to finish in five minutes, but I will be very happy to send you my complete notes if you if you're interested. Just let me know. Um, um, I may just like photocopy my pasted together pages and expressions, but the, the basic project here is, um, oh, I kind of like, I really like this, this, um, this phrase. Okay, here, here we go. Um, so, um, is, is my, I am partial to reading Santorum Communio. As, a, as, an, as an attempt to retell the history of um, the modern identity uh, uh, or the history of, um, of uh, you know, uh, Kantian subjectivity or the history of modernity is defined by the, the, the privileged ego or the privileging of the I, or the privileging of the individual subject in um, relation to the ideas of God, world, and self, that Sanctorum Communio is an attempt to retell the history of the self from, from the perspective of new being in Christ um, um, experienced, um, worshiped, um, and, and enacted uh, in the church. Uh, maybe I could put this as I do in, in a slightly different form. Sanctorum Communio is Bonhoeffer's attempt to retell the history of the self as the story of the church. That's bold. Um, and it, it, it doesn't come without a, a million questions and wait, wait, wait. But that's really kind of what is at, at, at um, so audacious, I think, about this work. 
Bonhoeffer's attempt to retell the history of the self as the story or, or the church or from, or, or from the perspective of the church and of the church, this distinctive new social space as the exemplar or the source of authentic social relation. The attempt to retell the history of the self as the story of the church or from the perspective of the story of the church and of the church to tell the, uh, the story of the church as the exemplar slash source of genuine social relation, genuine human relation that and, and as a result, as you, as you might remember from that really interesting section earlier in the book, when he talks about the four kinds of um, ways of thinking of, of, of social relation, um, that um, he's most concerned about, Bonhoeffer is most concerned here about offering a counter um, a narrative to the uh, what he calls in those early pages the epistemological account, um, which he sort of understands uh, in terms of this tradition of um, Kantian Hegelian you know, subjectivity, and um, and so in, in Bonhoeffer's argument here, any conception of God that's constituted instead on the basis of the primacy are on the um, sufficiency of the ego or the I or the subject um, will uh, will never conclude, uh, will, will never be able to reach or to comprehend the distinctive um, characteristics of Christian social um, relation. Um, but any conception of God that is constituted uh, um, uh, um, informed on the basis of the I, the I think, the a, a mode of self-relation or of, of experience around um, the, the the primacy of the subject will conclude in um, as as Bart would say um, in 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 grotesque. Um, expressions of um, the narcissistic ego, the narcissistic ego kind of unleashed on the world stage. And, and so, you know, when Bart says that um, he knew that his relationship to the Protestant liberal tradition had ended on that certain bleak day in 1914, when all of his professors, including all of these professors who taught Bonhoeffer, at least Harnack um, and Zeberg, pledging their loyalty to the you know, war effort uh, and to the martial, German martial tradition um, because they had failed to recognize uh, the, the, um, the distinctive new social um, sociality uh, of Jesus Christ, of, of the church. Um, um, you know, he, he's, he's, he's saying in a, in a, in a way that uh, that's very similar to, to what Bonhoeffer is saying here, that the, the Bart's essay came much later than Sanctorum Communio, just for what that's worth. 
that um, this tradition of transcendental subjectivity um, is um, bound to end in constructions of the self uh, of a kind of morality um, world constitutive um, totalitarian totalizing uh, expressions in the social order. And, and so when we, and maybe y'all want to talk about this after the break, uh, I, I find it really interesting um, when we want to parse out, you know, parse Bonhoeffer's sort of way of thinking about the distinctive um, um, so, uh, practices and, um, and, and shapes of Christian personhood that he, 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 he says that what I'm trying to create here is a non-synthetic account of the relationship between the I and the other. And um, so the, the move there is really profound that he's, he, he's, he's wanting to deconstruct this whole tradition of the modern identity as the self world constituting power. And to, um, um, to show our interdependence and interconnection to the other, and in uh, and and the and the um, the primacy of the social relation, the I and I and thou, um, in formation of individual identities. So I cannot be who I am intended to be in Christ unless I am in relation to the other and in. Um, um, relation to the other, um, this is the final comment, these, the, this, for example, doctrine of reconciliation becomes part at, uh, of the, uh, or, or rather I would say it, it creates a, a, the pattern or a pattern of engagement in this new sociality, because if we see here, if we, the members of the Christian church community, are to believe that in Christ we are reconciled with God, then the mediator of this reconciliation must represent not only the, the reconciling divine love, but also at the same time, the humanity that is to be reconciled, the humanity of the new Adam. And so what are the qualities of the man and woman in Christ, the new Adam? Um, that um, are, that is you know one of the um, ideas that you may want to pick up in your discussion. But alas, I am out of time. If you would like for me to share my notes with you, um, just uh, um, holler. And at some point um, on down the line, I look forward to uh, talking with you individually or maybe even in, in groups. Um, in more detail about these ideas and the other ideas as they emerge uh, in our work together. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonhoeffer Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app and it will help others find the show. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash Pod. We have quite a few supporter benefits available on there, uh, so please check those out. And speaking of the Patreon, 
Special thank you to the supporters of this show, Soren Jensen, Andrew Clark Howard, Hank Janelle, Arthur Houts, Greg Harbaugh, Chris Button, Chris Sunby, Wilco Ollies, John Cromarty, Chris Baker, Diego Reeve, and of course, as always, a special thank you to you, the listener. I love doing these and I look forward to them each month. So thank you so much for listening.